throughout Britain, men and women are foregoing the 9 to 5 jobs introduced during the Industrial Age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Did you miss me? He's back. Did you? Did you miss me? Did you? I think they're saying no. Did you? Well, you missed me, Jeff. I did miss you, actually. It's a bit awkward doing it by myself. You missed me so much that I'm back and you've put me straight underneath a blanket. It's just how I roll away and I just thought, you know, I think you should probably explain that a little bit further. <laughs> yeah, it probably should. Well, we're back. We're in a new, a new studio. Yeah, you could call it that. Technically speaking, new studio. Um, and we've just found this ingenious invention, which we will share. Well, we, well, well, let's first explain the problem. The problem was the acoustics weren't weren't on an acceptable level, were they, Jim? So being innovators as we are... <laughs> <laughs> we decided to hook a blanket over the monitor and our heads. So I think of Casper and think of two people <laughs> underneath a <the> sheet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me and Wayne right now. That's what you got, so... We're <laughs> this is what we do, though. We get under sheets for you guys. Yeah. I mean, th- we we sacrifice our dignity and our pride. And most importantly, my beautiful hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine hasn't been washed for several weeks, so... Filthy. <laughs> so, welcome back, Wayne, though. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Glad to be back. Um, I enjoyed your musical. Didn't, Thanks. I didn't know you could actually sing, to be honest. So Neither did I, actually. We'll, we'll definitely be bringing that into the podcast more often. <laughs> So, Just one! No. <laughs> not too soon, anyway. Okay. <laughs> That's not an invitation, just to burst out into a song at any time. Anyway. <laughs> so, we are back together, the yes, duo, underneath yes. blankets. I'm very glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. I, I missed it, and I know over Christmas things get hectic. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to try to stay consistent. And yeah. It just doesn't happen. I mean, to be fair, though, Jem, you did well in my absence. I did, but did that's because well. I had to be clever and make an episode into two. and Which it, which is why it's taken so long between episodes, because you had to be clever. No, 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 no. That was just to build suspense. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. to do with all the uh, pies I've been eating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so we have part two of the interview that Jem carried out with Junior, Junior Ogun Yemi. And, um, yeah, I hope you liked the first one. I know um, he was saying they got a great load of response himself, so um, I think there's a lot of people out there that really got a lot of knowledge from it. Oh, that's always and, good to hear. And the second half, half is even better. Yes. It is. What, what, do, what do we talk about in the second half? Lots of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I think you know, we start off mainly with like, why he Talked decided to come book. up with the book, like, mm-hmm. and he's got a new book coming out. And there's just so much wisdom in there, and, I mean, you've probably been waiting so long for it, and you can't wait for this episode, so... I know, you were probably, like... On Christmas Day, unwrapping all your presents, like, Mum, where the hell is the second part of the powerful nonsense interview with Junior? Well, here it is. Well, yeah. I mean, it's late. I mean, happy boxing, 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 boxing day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, these uh, intros are too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, also, also, just want to say now, because I think we'll probably get the episode out just in time. Um, but if you haven't prepped for your new year and like what you want next year to be about, then get prepping because if you wait till New Year's Day, it's all going to go peak tong. 
Yeah, and if you if you if you're a greedy bastard before the end of the new year, then you're just gonna follow that into January and. I can't stop eating. There's too much chocolates around. So yeah, I mean, we were planning to get like a Christmassy episode out, weren't we? But it just didn't happen. Nah, I you've been too busy. Too busy and dancing. being a showman. As he is. Oh. Cool. Okay. Thanks anyway for holding <laughs> holding on and holding on and listening. And <laughs> holding on for your dear life. <laughs> and putting up with us. Yes, it's been a great year actually. It's our first year actually. The whole year of doing podcasting. Yeah. Wow. We'll talk about that more in another yes. episode. But yeah, straight into junior. This is an amazing second part of his interview. Enjoy it. Reach out to him. Share the love. Enjoy. So, um, so why the book? Like, why did you decide to write the book? Um, the book was actually, um, well, you know, it, it was always a, a goal of mine to one day write a book. I never thought I'd write it at 21. <laughs> um, well, I thought, yeah, maybe when I'm 15, I've done some stuff, I'll write a book. But um, the the book actually came about from an opportunity that I just seized. I was at, um, like, like I said, I was always going to these seminars, and one of the seminars was um, I was with you know Richard Branson and and Alan Sugar and all these big people, listening to them speak. And so after hearing them speak, you know, you're sort of fired up. You want to take over the whole world. And um, I was literally walking out on my way to the toilet, and and I met someone who was trying to sign me up for an office course. And I was just like, oh, no, no, I'm already an author. I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> and then they pulled me back and, and they were like, oh, tell me about the book you wrote. Because I just graduated at that time. I said, um, okay, the book's called How to Be a Student Entrepreneur. And, and I was just blabbing about stuff that I thought should be in a book like that, to be mm-hmm. honest. And um, I gave them my business card. And literally about the following Monday, I had a phone call from somebody else who was um, the sister, a CEO of a publishing company. Who who picked up my business card off these people, and then they asked me, "Oh, you junior again?" Me, I'm like, "Yes." And now oh, you do offer of how to be a student. <laughs> I was like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so they were like, uh, "So tell us, tell us more about your book." Um, so and again, I just started doing a whole spiel, and literally, I was speaking by faith because they asked me, um, "How many pages?" Is it? I'm like, oh, "It's about a hundred or so pages." And then she paused for a second, and she's like, "Oh, perfect, perfect." I said, "Oh, phew, that was close." <laughs> I mean, like, after uh, that, he's wishing I said fifty or. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then she's like, uh, "How many? How many chapters is it?" And um, I'm like, "Yes, yeah, about uh, nine chapters." And then they said, "Oh, we normally expect about 12 I'm like, "Yeah, you know, nine, ten, eleven, twelve." <laughs> so and then that great. If you put the finishing touches to to the book and then send it in to us, we'll have a read through, and if we like it, we'll get it published. Well, okay. Got off the phone. I was like, "Lord, I've just got a verbal publishing contract, but That's I haven't crazy. got." A book here, I haven't written one word. Um, literally, <laughs> I, I spent um, one week turning my bedroom into an office and the next three weeks just writing, 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 writing my heart out. And I finished the book in three weeks. So yeah. I got it, got it out there. And um, because I'd never written a book before, I, I went and got it independently proofread and edited. Um, and the proofreader said um and the, and the editor said wow it, it sort of fell in place perfectly first draft it was a fantastic book i love yeah. reading it and so with that sort of seal of approval i sent it through to the publishers um they loved it made it happen and literally about four months after the first draft was in we launched that london business startup show in front of three thousand people and um as they say the rest of is history from there on that's so crazy so just literally from like a chance conversation in a toilet yeah, it was that just just um, seizing the opportunity. You know, so you call it faking till you make it. Um, I, I call it speaking in faith. I and I understood that my 
I mean, some lessons from that. My, my, my integrity was on the line for starters and my big opportunity of achieving this life goal was also on the line. So I, I really had to make it happen. And um, that, that sort of, with that type of motivation, you, you push yourself beyond limits. Because I never actually knew how long it took to write a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out afterwards that it actually takes between nine months to two years to, to complete a book. <laughs> well, nobody told me this. Um, likewise, I never knew how hard it was to get a publishing contract. Um, but had I gone and asked people oh, how easy it is to get a publishing contract and they told me oh, it's very difficult, I probably would have had that as a blueprint on my mind. Um, but because I was none the wiser, I just pushed myself to the limit and I just went out and seized up opportunities in almost um, in a very naive fashion. But I think sometimes you need to, to really have that because you don't want you want to be setting your own benchmarks basically because you never know how, how far you can push yourself um, well, until I, I think in your book you mentioned that you sort of say how it's so important to sort of create that pressure for yourself like I mean you had that massive pressure from um, this publisher saying okay send over your book but how do you think like um, someone else who's maybe think well I want to write a book or I want to like create a product like how do you create pressure when it's not someone saying okay I'm going to buy your product or I don't have a publisher waiting to receive your book I think you, you have to just do it artificially. Um, I call it going down a, a, a one-way street or, or throwing your trainers over the fence. And it's like a story of, uh, imagine you know, two kids in a park and uh, the big kid says to the little one, I dare you to climb over that fence. And the little one's like, oh, no, no, I'm too scared, I'm too scared. It's like, no, no, come climb over the fence. And like, no, no, I'm too scared, I'm too scared. So what the big kid does, he takes the little kid's trainers <laughs> and he throws it over the fence. So now he's forced to climb over and grab his trainers just so he can grab his trainers. So, so his um, mum don't give him a beating. Exactly. So, so I had to sort of throw my trainers over the fence um, on, on other ventures where I knew that it was something I had to do, but maybe doubt was going to get in the way or other little stuff was going to get in the way. I needed to give myself a bigger incentive than, than the fears that I'm having. Um, so, I mean, some of it, for example, when my brother wrote his book, he, he actually booked the venue um, like six months in advance. So he needed, and that was the venue for where he was going to do the launch. So he needed to get the book, otherwise there was nothing to launch on the day. <laughs> um, other stuff, like when I, I created a, I turned the book into a sort of theatre production and we sold out the Lost Theatre in Lambeth um, for like a whole night. And I, I did like two weeks of marketing. But before that, I'd actually hired all the cast members before I'd even completed the script. Oh. And I'd, I'd booked the venue even before I'd, I'd hired the cast members. So I was almost doing stuff in the reverse order because it's like, right, now there's no get out plan. Okay, you have to fulfill it. You know, you put the deposit down, you're not going to get that back. You really have to go and deliver something at least. Um, so, so, yeah, pushing yourself and creating those uh, sort of external motivators, it, it, it forces you to sort of just throw away the key. You're locked in now. You, know, you have to do something. Uh, most people are too scared about, oh, it's not going to be perfect. Uh, I don't want to do en- nothing at all because I might fail. Um, and the fear of failure is what cripples most people. Mm-hmm. Understanding that whether it's a, it's a wonderful masterpiece or if it's just um, something that's bog standard, at least you've done something. You've done something more than a person who quit. Um, so really just pushing yourself to, to that limit and actually creating those situations I mean, it could just be sort of as, as something as simple as declaring it to, to everybody that, right, I'm going to do this by this date. And you, you'd be so surprised how once, once you start bumping into people that you said it to and they start reminding you, oh, how's, how's that business going? How's that business going? 
you'll be so surprised about how it motivates you is actually pulling your finger out and actually making sure the business is a success because you promised everyone that yeah you're gonna you're gonna launch this business or you're gonna do this it's like where people get sort of fired up when they get made redundant or when they realize they've got a baby on the way or something like that yeah yeah i mean nothing nothing pushes you more than than sort of those external motivators it's, it's really good to have sort of internal motivators but um, the external ones really sort of do drive you as well. Let's not take that for granted. Cool. Going back to the book, like, why, why do you think like university is quite like an optimal time for entrepreneurship? Uh, I think people take it for granted um, because it's basically. I think you're you're at a better position than you in university and in the safety of university than you are outside, or or even in the education system for for a number of reasons because. The most excuses people make for not setting up the business is, oh, I don't have no money. And you realize that when you're in university, you actually get given money, whether it's a student loan or it's a grant. And nowhere else does this happen in your lifetime that people actually give you money for, for what you're doing. Or, or even there's loads of funding projects now just for young people to try and test out their ideas. Um, another excuse is I don't have the time. Again, when you're at university, fair enough, you might have loads of deadlines and stuff, but You've also got loads of time, even in the summer holidays or, or weekends, because once you start working a full-time job, that's when you really don't have time, because now you've got a wife, kids, baby, and probably a dog to feed and all sorts. And another thing is, you know, another big excuse is, oh, I don't have the, the, the marketing ideas or the publicity. I think being a university student, going out there, you probably get a lot more publicity than the average entrepreneur in their, in their mid-40s saying, I'm going to go set up a business. Because everyone's thinking, okay, that's not really an amazing feat. But when you're young, there's so much publicity you can sort of free publicity you can tap into just by writing to your local newspaper and say, right, I'm this young teenager who's going out there and I'm setting up this business. There's so much interest around it, and I think the the biggest one is is the risk. You know, a lot of people are scared that the biggest excuse is oh, it's too risky. And if you test it out while you're young, um, those that that would probably be the optimum time. To, to test and, and, and develop the learning curve because whenever you launch it's always going to be risky but as you start young um, you develop a couple of years of a learning curve so as you're older and then you are sort of probably more mature as an entrepreneur you've already gone through all these years of mistakes and so it, it becomes a lot less risky because you, you've learned what to do and what not to do you've learned your sort of natural propensity to take risk and, and what and what you, you hate doing and what you like doing and you sort of found yourself a lot more um, but yeah it's just having a bit of fun with it while you're young as well I really um, like what you say in a book about because I wish universities did this more and it's kind of um, sort of like utilising everybody else's like degrees that they're earning so if someone's creating videos and someone's doing graphics and someone's doing the accounting like really being able to pull them all together so you can all kind of work on a business together yeah yeah I mean when, when I was setting up the um the publishing company, literally, my my goal was just to get backstage passes to cool events. <laughs> that was all I wanted. Um, I, I, again, I was just having fun with it. I thought, how could I get backstage passes to all these cool, fun events? And I thought, right, if I had a press pass, that would be it. But I don't work for a publishing company. Right, I'm going to create one. So I started printing these student magazines. And, and um, the first edition, I think, was around fashion. I hired everybody from my university's fashion department to work on that. And obviously, they were more likely to do that for free. Um, I was talking to the law lecturers to find out how I could set things up legally. I was using the graphic design students to, to get all the production done and, and um, even had like a distribution team as well, paid them a little bit of money. And 
you realize that you're actually put in this hub with different people with lots of different skills and, and they all want to get some level of work experience and if you could bring their skills and resources together and utilize their time and, and their talents then you know there's so much opportunity you're not you're never in your life are you actually put in such an environment where you can you can tap into all these resources even even the library, I was using the library as an office and I was using sort of the, the study rooms as, as the meeting rooms and stuff like that. Um, now I have to pay for meeting rooms if I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, was, you know, you get free computers and free textbooks and, and the wealth of stuff that you can learn from. Uh, so that's why I think being in a university is almost like a perfect um, business incubator hub. Well, not many people see that as that opportunity. They just see it as this thing where I have to go and study where there's so much more that you can actually tap into all these resources, so much more you can make make of it. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of sort of, um, I mean, your teachers just push a lot of competition on you, don't they, as well? Sort of like, oh, well, you're going you're gonna to be against the guy who's in your class when you leave, so you better work harder. Or you, yeah, it's always yeah. very against each other. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I've, I've been to one of your talks, and I know there's not just young people there. There's quite a lot of older people who are maybe, like you say, in that um, in that nine to five. They've got kids and stuff like that. Like, um, is there hope for them? Definitely, definitely. Um, I think it's just about finding the right strategy. Uh, people don't fail because um, for any other reason than they picked a wrong strategy. For example, most people, they're probably in their job and they've got kids and they think, right, I need to quit my job straight away and then go into business. And it doesn't quite work out like that. And they think, okay, I'm not good at business. It's just they picked the wrong strategy. Maybe they needed to sort of buy themselves some time or make some savings and then give themselves a proper runway that they can start testing out their idea. Um, which is why I sort of advocate, yeah, go to seminars, read books, develop the entrepreneurial mindset, because then you start learning proper strategies and you find out which one works for you. Um, so whatever situation you're in, there's always a strategy to get out. Basically, you could be um, you could be 50 years old and you think oh, I haven't got the energy to be doing this anymore. There's always a strategy that you can work with. Um, you could be in you know working free jobs and you don't have the time to do anything because when you're not working the jobs, you have to look after your kids. But there's always a strategy because I, I believe there's always someone who's been in that position or even worse, and they found a way out. So if you sort of model what they've done which is what I've been spending a lot of my time doing, um, which is why I give people these models. This is what someone else did. This is how I've helped someone else get out of this and they're in the same situation as you. Um, so the, in fact, the next book I'm writing is, is called Young Fed Up Professionals. And it's, it's all about basically, there's um, different strategies based on different characteristics, different people basically. And each, each person is about, I think there's about five people in the book. Each person is represents at least somebody out there in somebody's situation whether you're a person with kids you're the person who just hates their job you're the person with these huge aspirations but you're not being paid what you're worth so there's this different type of people and um, I think they just relate to each at least one of us in society somewhere and they each have a different strategy to how they got out of the rat race um, so I think wherever you are um, it's not going to be one size fits all everyone's got different circumstances but there's there is a strategy to get out of that situation it's just finding the right one that fits for you and and applying it well i definitely think you're going to have a massive market for that new book anyway because it just seems that nowadays that's all you hear from people who are doing like nine to five yeah yeah literally i mean it wasn't something that i actually planned it was more the the, the demand brought me there um i had demand from loads of people who were 
who, who, who'd heard about what I've been doing and known about what I've been doing and they'll run and meet me up for coffee and say, listen, this is my situation. I'm working in this job, but I really need to get out. How do I do this? And it was just be normal sort of business consulting that I'll do with them. And I realized I'm actually saying the exact same thing hundreds and hundreds of times to different people. Let me just put on the seminars and just tell everybody all in one go because really the whole idea of seminars was just to make better use of my time. But it's, it's stuff that I've already been doing for the past couple of years. Um, we've had, you know, there's one guy who was working at ITV, um, sort of doing video production, and he always wanted to set his own production company up. Now he's getting contracts with Channel 4 to film adverts and stuff. And, and he's putting out YouTube videos and making quite a big name for himself. And so, and there's loads of different testimonies like that of, of people who've actually made the leap. So I, I, I'm convinced that the, the methods and the strategies work. Um, but it's just about you know make, making better use of my time, which is why I then put on the seminars. It's just the growing demand for people who are in their job, frustrated. They're seeing one or two people make it out through through this new digital age. And, and and they're thinking, right, why, why, why haven't I done it myself? What are some of the like really common fears you hear from people? Like, what, is it, what keeps coming up? I think the biggest one is I don't have the mindset, which is very honest. Um, because a lot of people think they do have the right mindset and then they go in it and, and they realise that, well, okay, it's, it's not working at all. For example, I had, um, I had a friend who... She, she always claims to be an entrepreneur. She said, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, great, so where's your business? And she's oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So I, I knew that was number one sort of mindset floor there. She was almost deluded. Um, she needs to get that lesson from your mum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and she, um, I mean, just having conversations with her, she'll call me, she's like, Junior, um, could you help me write my business plan? And um, I'm like, I'm not going to write your business plan for you. You need to write it so you can understand what your business is. I could write your business plan for you, but you won't understand anything I'm talking about because you haven't actually developed the entrepreneurial mindset yet. Um, and then other stuff like, she'd be like, okay, what do I do to, to develop mindset? I'm like, go read some books. And then she's like, okay, can I have your book for free? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you don't, you don't quite understand it. You, see, you have to develop the mindset because, um, I mean, I could have easily given the book to her for free, but I mm-hmm. didn't want to encourage that mindset that you get everything for free because she'll start taking that into business and it will, it will just go pear-shaped for her. Plus, I think as well, if you pay for something, like when I bought your book, I'm going to read it back to back and get that knowledge back exactly. for it. So if you get something for free, you're going to skim read. <laughs> exactly. And, and there's certain principles where um, people will call themselves entrepreneurs, but they're just violating the number one print, the number one and two and three or four principles. They're the basic foundational stuff that, that entrepreneurs should know. And maybe it's because they, they watch Apprentice and they think, all right, I have to be really sharky in business. So I'm going to be, you know, um, a really big shark and start stabbing people in the back and I'm thinking right that's not how business actually works in real life business is actually a transaction so if you're going to stab someone in the back you can never um, build that relationship with them that you can keep doing those transactions um, and, and all these different fundamental stuff like um, you know basic stuff like marketing everybody believes that right, I should have a marketing budget I can have a marketing budget when real sort of real successful entrepreneurs understand that marketing is marketing goes with sales it's a process so imagine a machine where you put input and output. Every £10 you put in marketing, you get £100 back out in sales. Mm-hmm. So it's just a process. So really, why would you stop? If you, had a, if you had a machine that every time I put £10 in and I get £100 out, why would I ever stop putting £10 in? Why am I ever going to budget that? So they keep marketing and keep marketing. And the biggest, the biggest advantage you can have in business is to outspend your competitors. 
Whereas most business courses, so you write, have a marketing budget, have a marketing budget. And really, the, the whole idea of a marketing budget doesn't actually exist. It's, it's, it's nonsense. <laughs> you never actually start marketing. But again, it's just sort of basic mindset flaws that, um, that I've had. And I've had to sort of learn the hard way. And um, even another story of my book, there was one time I did a talk. And I had a young young guy who came up to me afterwards. And he was just like, oh, you really inspired me. Um, I really want your book, but I don't have no money to buy it. And because um, I've got to look after my sister and my mom is ill and and I'm really struggling, but I know if I had your book, it would really help me out. And well, it really he's putting it on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, was, I was really, really touched. And he said, oh, can I have your book for free? And, and I looked at him square in the eye and I said, no. And he's like, what? And I said, no, I'm not giving you my book for free. But what I will do, I'll give you, um, I'll give you three books for the price of one. You know, one book is £10 at least. I'll give you three books for, for £10. And then guess what he said? He said, yeah, 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 I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. Take, yeah. So this is a guy who five minutes ago didn't even have £10 to, to his name. Now all of a sudden, um, he's ready to pay £10 straight away. But what did I do? I, I changed his mentality. I, I turned it from just seeing it as a book to actually seeing it as an investment. Mm-hmm. And this is what most entrepreneurs do. The reason entrepreneurs spend big on stuff is because they see it as an investment and where other people just see it as just an expense. Um, this is why entrepreneurs pay to go to seminars and they keep learning and they keep developing themselves and this is why they, they put a value on their time when they're anything that's sort of developing them as an entrepreneur and developing their mindset they see that as their greatest investment um, whereas until people start realising that then they'll never actually fulfil their entrepreneurial potential which is what I try to help people do tap into the entrepreneurial within you because most people think they're entrepreneurs but they, they, their mentality is far far from any any of the successful entrepreneurs anyway. Um, so it's really about developing those entrepreneurial skills and developing that entrepreneurial mindset. Because once you have the mindset, literally, I could put you in a desert jungle and you will start to make money. And you start spot spot opportunities anywhere. You know, you could be under the underwater and you start to, 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 to find opportunities. <laughs> Sit into the fish. Exactly. So, but it's just a mindset thing. No, I totally agree. I mean, I've been, I've probably only been doing this entrepreneurship thing. I mean, I only went sort of self-employed this year. I quit my job last year. And literally this year, I spent thousands of pounds on books, seminars, courses. And it's just, that's it. it, The more you start reading, the more you start earning. Then you just reinvest it, reinvest it, reinvest it. And I'm like, I'm excited every single time I get a new book that pops onto my Kindle. Mm. One of the, um, one of the principles I teach in the wealth segment of the course is um, actually allocate money for seminars. Mm-hmm. Allocate money for learning. Allocate money for books, uh, and it could just be something like ten percent of your income every single month. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it does cost. But you realise that's the only investment that will bring in more money. But that's what I mean. It's like what you say with the market, and you put that ten percent, and you know that that's going to bring you back maybe a hundred percent more. Exactly. Than... So, so it's um. But you know, most people's mentality is not like that, um, which is why they'll either stay as a small business or they'll never even get started because the sort of basic. Um, flaws in their thinking mm-hmm. and everything does sort of boil down back down to the entrepreneur if you look at any if you look at the reason any business failed it always points back to the entrepreneur whether it was a member of staff that, that sort of really cocked up um, or whether it was a bad decision or whether it was something it was the entrepreneur that employed that staff it was the entrepreneur that made that decision it was the entrepreneur who didn't manage the cash flow it was the entrepreneur who decided to take the investment too early or something so the failure always points back to the entrepreneur which is the same reason why, I mean, imagine if Richard Branson took over your business for, for a year 
um, what would happen, you know, it would <laughs> clearly probably increase. 100%. Whereas, uh, but put, let's put the shoe on the other foot now. Imagine if you were to take over Richard Branson's Virgin Empire for a whole year. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon the sales would increase or decrease? And then most, <laughs> most people would honestly say that, yeah, you know, things would just start plummeting straight away. Planes will start dropping out of the sky and all sorts. Yeah, no, but, I know um, Anthony Robbins speaks a lot about that. He's like 10% idea, 90% psychology. Mm. Do you, how long do you think, I mean, I know it's an ongoing process, but how, how long before you start actually, okay, getting over the other fence where you start like executing ideas or is it just unique to the person, how they, how they start getting that mindset built up? Do you know, it's, 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 um, I call it entrepreneurial experience or entrepreneurial points. So you do things that will develop entrepreneurial points. And let's say if you need, I don't know. Once you have 300 entrepreneurial points, then you, you're ready to start launching. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, they come with probably about 10% entrepreneurial experience. Um, so if they have 10% entrepreneurial experience, it's almost like a 10% chance of success. Mm-hmm. So the more and more and more entrepreneurial experience they get, um, the higher the chances of success is, which is why a Branson can walk into any business or most entrepreneurs can walk into any business and make it a success. Whereas most people walk into any business and still make it a failure because of the level of entrepreneurial experience. Now, there's many ways you can develop entrepreneurial experience. Um, the one way and the slowest way is actually experience it yourself. Go through all the failures and go through those 13 failures or so. Or a faster way would be to, to, to interview people, to, to read books, to go to seminars. Because here you're learning probably 50, 60, 70 years worth of mistakes all in about an hour or an eight-hour seminar or, or over a course or whatever it is. So you're actually developing, um, you're taking everyone else's entrepreneurial experiences and adding it to yourself. So you're developing the exact same learning curve that it took them years to do and you're just getting everyone else's experience. So there is a faster way, basically. Um, they say experience is a good teacher, but other people's experience is an even better teacher. If you can learn from other people's failures and, and, and stuff like that, you'll be well ahead in the road um, a lot quicker. So there's, there is, I mean, there's, I can't really put a time on it because it is sort of subjective to the person um, and especially in what they're doing. And if you're setting up a lemonade stand, you won't need as many sort of entrepreneurial points or entre- entrepreneurial experience as someone who's trying to set up a multi-billion corporation. Um, however, one thing is important that you do need that entrepreneurial experience to increase your likelihood of success. Definitely. And um I was going to say, um, yeah, where, where do you sort of see the biggest opportunities like today for like an entrepreneur? Like, is it easier today? Oh, by far. By far. I mean, uh, a, a kid in Africa with an iPhone has access to more information at his fingertips than, than the president of America did in 1997. So there's <laughs> technology has gone so advanced that we can learn almost anything um, in the palm of our hands. Um, you can set up any business stuff like PayPal just made collecting transactions so much easier and we live in, in this digital age which is allowing so many um, opportunities just to pop up instantly uh, so I, I think it is a lot easier today um, I, I, but there is still the, the age old principles and the fundamental principles stuff like you know working around your passion it will help you um, succeed in it being focused in something will help you succeed in it being hardworking and being smart working help you succeed in it. Um, so exactly where the best opportunities lies, I think it de- depends on the individual because there is that still individual element. There is still that sort of, um, there's probably some areas where I'll be far more successful in 
so that will be the best opportunities for me compared to you where you probably have other areas where you'll be far more successful in denial which will be the best based on your skill set based on your interest as well and based on your passion about certain things Definitely. Um, Leon told me, obviously, he referred me to you and got us in contact. He told me to ask you, ask you about your Africa trip. Is there some sort of lessons that you learned while you was there? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, every time I go back to Africa, I've tried to go back there a lot more frequently now, probably about every year. Um, I, I'm always inspired by the natural entrepreneurial um, spirit that is within people there. Um, it, you know where we have sort of happy more toys um, and we grow up with that, those type of things they don't even have that, those basic stuff there so the kids from the age of four have to start creating their own toys and it's like wow these are sort of entrepreneurs in, in, in the truest sort of sense you know they create everything that they want um, and they might not be the most glamorous but it's, it's at least it's a start and and they they've developed those entrepreneurial points and those, that entrepreneurial experience from a very very young age because they were forced to. Um, so I'm I'm always learning lots from every time I go back to Africa and and, and I love it there. Uh, I think the biggest thing I could take from it is people's mentality. It's um, lots of people have some negative mentalities, but the positive thing is that they there is always hope. Um, I don't think anybody, I don't think I've ever met anybody that is sort of hopeless. So if you give them an opportunity, they won't seize it with both hands. Whereas most of us, you know, if, if, if we lost half of our income today, we'll act like it's, you know, it's the end of the world. Or, you know, you've still got half of it there, you start, start again. Whereas them, every single day, they always have to start again and they're always hopeful and they never, ever get tired of, of striving for something greater and striving. And maybe it's, maybe it's their faith. Um, maybe it's it's just a sort of maybe it's something in the water I don't know what it is but I just love people's mentality and hunger to to, to grow and, and climb out of every situ- single situation that they're in definitely man it's really powerful um, how important is health for an entrepreneur you look like you're in good shape yourself is there sort of routines or some things that keep you I mean you've got to have a lot of energy you've got to have a lot of willpower like how do you sustain that Definitely. I mean, in, in terms of how important health is, put it this way, health is more important than your business because your business is there probably to bring you income. Um, but if you're not healthy, how much can you actually enjoy that income? Uh, so it, it should always be a, a higher priority than, I mean, I think there's, there's certain things that should always be a higher priority than business. Number one is your, is your faith and number two is your health and number three is your family. And then everything else, your business sort of aids everything else or that, everything, that aids your, your business, basically helps you drive your business. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, other than actually playing football and, and, and being part of the football coaching academy, I do try to stay active. Um, fortunately, I don't get the t- as much time uh, to go gym as I, as I did before, but I never let that become an excuse. Every opportunity, I, even if I'm going to a meeting, I'd rather jog to the meeting. And everyone's looking at me like, you're not late, why are you jogging? I'm like, I'm, I don't know, it's just my little burst of exercise. <laughs> if I'm, if, I know if I'm consistent in small things like that, like jogging to the meeting and jogging back um, even in my suit I'm still jogging and it's, it's just become sort of a, a, a routine um, or or if I'm I, I, well, I very rarely sort of sit in front of the TV and just like eat out finger foods and stuff like that um, if I if, if I don't have anything in the house I'll, I'll go find something healthy out that I can go and pay for and, and if I don't have time to cook something I'll go out and try to look for a healthy restaurant that I can quickly just dine in um, 
because of what I'm putting into my body, it's it, it, it's, it's my level of energy. You know, I can't be putting things that slow me down or things that drain me. Um, so I, I try to take health seriously, but there is always room for improvement. I'm not going to say I'm I'm sort of the the fittest, um, but again, coming from a sports background and 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 a sports mentality, you really do have to keep your body in shape. Uh, so any opportunity I can, even though I don't sort of sign up to the gym as regularly as as I, I'd like to, I try to find opportunities. Even even if if I go into the shower, I'll quickly do thirty press ups, and if I'm consistent with that. Um, it actually starts to do do well in terms of maintaining the fitness. There's one thing trying to get to a level of fitness, and the next thing where I'm at is trying to basically just maintain that just by doing small daily routines, and that keeps you fit. And you know, health isn't just about the body as well; it's also in the mind. Um, so I do a lot of sort of brain training because I think we take it for granted how um, how our thoughts are affected. Um, I pray a lot. I, I read a lot. I, I have healthy conversations that sort of stimulate your mind, not just sort of kill the brain cells and stuff. So I, I, I really do sort of challenge my mind as well, um, as much as I, I challenge my body. I mean, I've saw um, a couple of your videos. I mean, you, you're obviously, quite, like you say, a man of faith. Are there any sort of lessons? I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not religious myself, but are there any lessons that you feel from the Bible that really sort of like pull over into business? Oh, loads, loads. You actually be so surprised by how much I've, how many business principles I've learned. Um, I mean, for example, there's one simple scripture that says, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. And in, in business, I interpret that as, right, never, ever, ever, ever take out a loan or borrow. <laughs> Don't ever get into debt, basically. And the only thing you should owe anybody is love. Never, ever get yourself into debt. And um, because... I, I have that as a foundational principle that I live by. Um, I always look for other ways to be resourceful with money rather than getting, getting myself into debt. Um, even other stuff like um, there's a scripture about, there's loads of scriptures about financial management. Yeah, I actually saw somebody's um, released a book, I think. I think it's called Thou Shall Prosper and it's all about money and uh, finance and the Bible, I think. You know, it's, it's powerful and you, you start to understand why um, the Jewish people have prospered for generations because obviously they, the, the first part of the Torah is actually the first part of the Bible anyway, and they've lived by this sort of these principles, um, and some of them uh, you'll you'll be so surprised. They're very basic principles like tithing. Um, I know loads and loads of entrepreneurs for years that have tithed and given ten percent of their money to either the church or the charity, and some of them aren't even Christians, but they still follow this basic principle. And um, so when you read in the Bible and you, read, and you, you start seeing and understanding the importance of it, it's, um, it and, and how, it, how the principle actually works, and you start practicing it yourself and you're seeing this abundance just flowing, it's, it's so powerful. Um, but literally there's, there's so many principles. I mean, even stuff like um, the law of attraction, most people don't actually understand that. That, even, that actually stems from the Bible. As a man think of, so is he. Um, and and even that book, it, it the, the, the the initial book, I think, it was written by James Allen. Um, it, it has many scriptural references. So there's loads of stuff that um, loads of uh, what I found was quite fascinating was I grew up in a church, but I think growing up young, you didn't really take it quite seriously. Was when I started attending all these different business seminars, um, the stuff people were teaching was principles that I'd sort of read in the Bible growing up. So uh, I actually went back to the source, in a sense, 
to to understand all this stuff and better and on what they were talking about. Um, whether they put a new spin on it or the stuff like that is actually stuff that I'd already heard about. Um, but I just never took I just took it for granted at the time. Uh, so there's loads of business principles that have been taught out there now that loads of people don't actually stem understand that it actually stemmed from the Bible is actually in there somehow. It's just been evolved and it's been sort of modified for this current age and the language has been changed. Um, but the basic um, principle is actually something that is is in scripture. But only those that sort of understand the scripture that the Bible scholars will probably recognize it when most people actually don't even recognize they're playing um biblical principles that have been around for like you know god knows over two thousand years and it's still working in today's day and age and it's still making people successful and and prospering yeah i definitely think so because um i mean i've read so many books now i keep getting through i mean i've read all the popular books that everybody reads and then you go mm. back and speak to people and then you go to seminars and it seems there are some sort of like universal laws of just how things work whether that's yeah. just knowing human behavior yeah, yeah, and I, I think these are sort of the, the timeless principles that, even if we're going into a digital age, the basic principles um, that just can't be violated, and the methods will change over time, but I think the principles for success will always be the same, which is a good thing because that means success will always leave clues. Um, if you follow it throughout the the ages, the people who spotted the opportunity, the people who did certain things, um, there were certain principles that they lived by, and 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 this is I think. This is really why sort of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Um, it's, it's not really a case of financially poor, but it's more sort of mentally poor. How how clued up are you with these principles? And that sort of determines your level of, of wealth, not just financial, but in, in, in overall prosperity in your health and in other areas of your life, in relationships and, and likewise. And especially nowadays when you think you've got YouTube seminars, you've got audio books on YouTube for free, you've got podcasts such as this one which are available for free. And mm. if most people, even if they are, or if they say are more poor than others, and they've still got iPhones and they've still got the podcast app. And exactly. There's no excuses. There's, there's, there's so many opportunities in abundance nowadays. Um, so it's about people just seizing it. All right, I'm going to start um, wrapping up the interview. So there's a few questions we ask at the end of interviews. So the first one is, um, do you have any sort of like game changer rec- uh, book recommendations for people who are maybe just listening to the first time? And this could be that moment for when they were, maybe when you were 16, but this is their moment, whatever age they're at now. What are the books that you'd say, okay, start with these? Um, okay, um, just so we finished talking on the Bible, I would recommend the Bible. However, it does require people to interpret it for you. Um, so I'd probably recommend you talking to a pastor to, to help you interpret it for you because um, sometimes, sometimes you can read that and it just goes right over your head um, but when it's sort of broken down to you then you start understanding the, the gold that's inside there um, the second book I'd recommend is How to Be a Student Entrepreneur definitely <laughs> um, not just because the author's a great guy but also because um, there, there's timeless principles in there that it's not just for students basically I've had seasoned entrepreneurs reading it and whatever level they're at, there's always something in it that you can take, whether it's stress management, whether it's time management, there's something even in there that will be a real big game changer. Um, and probably the third book I would recommend is, it's quite a tough one. Um, I think it will be Understanding the Purpose, no, in, the, in Pursuit of Purpose by a man called Miles Monroe who sadly passed away recently. Um, but this is a very, very powerful book because it was a, literally a game changer for me. It's really sort of understanding about how to discover your purpose in this world and discover what you was made for. And it gives you some key questions. And it's very, very practical. It's called In Pursuit of Purpose. Uh, it's quite an old book, 
but it's it's one of those timeless ones it's very applicable to anybody in any generation yeah cool and um is there any sort of action steps to say if someone finishes listening to this now is there sort of like three things that they can do like today that will kind of move them closer to becoming more of an entrepreneur whether that's through their business or through their mindset yeah definitely um i say start networking with the right people um i mean three things i would talk about is skills networking inspiration um, I'll start with the first one anyway, skills. Keep developing your skills. Uh, whether you've graduated, whether you've finished a book from cover to cover, whether you've just got a new promotion, don't ever think you've reached the top. You keep developing your skills because skills are something that no one can ever take away from you. They can take away your houses, they can take away your cars, they can even take away your girlfriend. But <laughs> if, if you've got skills, no one can ever take those things away from you. You'll keep building up on those things. Never ever begrudge time or money you spend um, developing yourself, go to seminars, read books, keep developing those skills. Um, the second thing is network, 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 network. Seriously, get yourselves into the right circles. Um, it will not, not only will it sort of open doors for you, but it will also change your thinking. Just being around people who you think with those or that eagle mindset or people that really sort of run a high level um, playing field because you'll say your big goal or something that you think is big and they'll look at you like, right, that's small, is that it? <laughs> so it, it will really sort of push you and inspire you to play on their level they say you're the sum total of your top five friends so if your top five friends uh, listen to a certain type of music you're probably going to do the same thing if your top five friends dress a certain way you're probably going to do the same now if your top five friends are earning a certain level of income or living a certain lifestyle you're probably going to be the next person to do the exact same thing so really network with the right people and, and get out of your comfort zone. Is there a sort of um, any tips on sort of finding ways to network? Like if you people here are networking a lot, but like where do you start? Um, I think you could. One good way of starting is actually setting up your own mastermind groups. Um, or what I do whenever I want to set up a new business venture and I'm looking for a mentor, I'll probably go online, read some articles. Like this is in ten minutes. It takes ten minutes. I'll go online and read some articles from experts. I'll really look at the bottom of the article. Who wrote this article? I really like it. I'll track them down on Twitter and I'll say, hey, I've just read your article on so-and-so website. You sound like an expert. Will you mentor me? Within two minutes, they'll tweet me back. Hey, here's my email. Let's talk. Wow. Straight away, I've got a mentor right there who's a specialist in that field um, and they're willing to mentor me. And you know, some of, some of the people that mentor me are probably like thousands and thousands of miles away in another country. Um, but you know, through the power of technology, we either Skype or, or they're pouring into me. And, you know, that takes about 10 minutes. Just go online, find articles, look at the person who wrote it and connect them, connect with them. Um, and likewise, I, I help other people and people track me down online from, I, I literally just, just before this call, I've just been speaking with someone from Australia who tracked me down on LinkedIn and they just wanted to sort of network with me and, and we're just bouncing off ideas and he was telling me about stuff that he's doing. And, and that's a sort of a global connection right now. Um, that, that we both made so that's that's a very simple way just it's definitely smart. been working for me on the podcast as well just as I say same sort of thing see now because you like just ask people hey do you want to come on the podcast they're like yeah, yeah. why not <laughs> yeah exactly because well, I think this is again it's just so much opportunities nowadays um, that people aren't seizing so, so yeah skills network and last thing is inspiration just keep doing what you're inspired by um, that's where you get the, the passion and the joy in life by doing what, what drives you and what you love um, if you're not doing what you love, then it's a poor exchange for your time. Definitely. There's two questions we ask as well that uh, at the end of every interview. Obviously, the uh, the podcast is called Powerful Nonsense. So the two questions are: What's the most powerful piece of advice you've ever been given? And that might be your parents' one. And um, what's the biggest load of nonsense you've ever heard? 
<laughs> I like that. Um, the most powerful um, piece of advice I've been given is you don't have to be great to get started, but you do have to get started in order to be great. That's definitely the most powerful thing. And I think it just puts things in perspective where everybody wants to be the big fish, but they're thinking, oh, I'm not worthy to be there. But you don't have to um, be great to get started, but if you're not going to do anything with, with what you do have and you're not going to even prosper where you are planted right now, you're not going to get to that big level. Um, and the, the most funniest piece of... Uh, sort biggest of load of nonsense you've ever heard. It's um, this whole idea that entrepreneurs don't sleep. <laughs> I absolutely detest that because um, maybe because I, I was probably one of those people that, that fell for that lie. And um, you actually realize that sleep has a purpose. And this whole, you know, team, no sleep and people tweeting and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> sleep at all. And really, is what are you doing? And if you're not sleeping, you're just on Twitter and on Facebook and stuff like that, telling everybody that you don't sleep. Kidding you might brain. as well be sleeping. Exactly. Um, because sleep actually has a purpose. While, you, while you're sleeping, you probably get the best ideas. While you're sleeping, your brain actually, um, scientifically, it takes in all your thoughts and you come up with better decisions. So, and it makes you more productive for the, for the next day because you re, you're recharging the batteries. So if you're a smart entrepreneur, you'd actually know that, you know, sleep, not sleep for too long, but do manage your sleeping time and make sure you do allocate sleeping time. Um, I think everything that is essential to our success, we get for free. Stuff like oxygen, stuff like um, sleep, it happens automatically. You can't fight it. So there's no point trying to. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just manage your sleeping pattern. Um, but yeah, definitely, I sleep. I sleep like a baby. I sleep with peace of mind. And I work so hard so I can sleep in my big, comfortable, king-size bed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, get some sleep, guys. Yeah, you need to tell that to Lee, and I'm always telling him, go to sleep, boy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, you know. I mean, I think if you can manage your actual day, and if you can be productive of your day, then you will, you won't need to stay up all night. And um, the fact that you're staying up all night probably means you were not productive with your actual day. True. And then finally, how do people reach out to you? So if someone says, yeah, I like the sound of this guy, I want to buy his book, or I want to um, go to one of his seminars, how do they get in touch with you? Literally, um, just connect with me on the website, um, www.juniorogunyemi.com, J-U-N-I-O-R-O-G-U-N-Y-E-M-I, -E bit of a mouthful, <laughs> .com, or just go to, um, if you want to come down to one of the seminars, just visit transitionbusinesstraining.com. That's www.transitionbusinesstraining.com. I'm always on Twitter. I'm always on Instagram. It's just um, at Junior Ogunyemi. Hit me up. Um, I'll be more than willing to answer any questions, connect with people, and and literally just share. Uh, that's my that's my life purpose, just to share everything that I accumulate and everything that I know with other people, so they can make it happen for themselves. And um, when can these um, young fed up professionals get your book, your new book? 2015 early 2015 is going to be released um i'm actually going to have a countdown coming up very very soon just after christmas so probably towards mid-january end of january um i'm going to probably do a launch event and it should be already there excellent well thank you so much for your time i know it's gone on a bit longer i think i'll probably do this as a two-part series <laughs> no, that's fine that's, I've, I've, you know, I've really enjoyed it and uh, i've been listening to the podcast and this is now um, something that I'm adding to my collection. So while I'm driving, I'm, I'm actually listening to all your stuff and all your previous interviews. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm really honoured to be part of it. Yeah, I think you should get a podcast going yourself. So if you want to, if you need any help setting up or you want any advice, you know, yeah, please reach out. You're the third person that said that to me in my career. So I think it's probably about I think it's a calling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure the audience have got so much value out of that. So um, 
yeah, have a great day and yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, you too. Take care. See you later. Bye. So, we're still underneath this blanket. I need some water. It's hot. It's very warm. It's got very steamy under here, actually. (laughs) Very steamy. (laughs) (laughs) You should spend the last 50 minutes listening to an interview, whereas we have also been listening to the interview. That's (laughs) under a blanket. Under. I don't know if we can uh, keep this whole blanket concept going into the new year, to be honest. No, I think you need to get some soundproofing in the room just so it, you know, just so it's It's been audio It's been a good bonding experience, though. Yeah, (laughs) I think so, too. I think so. Um, So, yeah, I hope you... Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy that episode? Did you enjoy that second part? Was it better than the first? Um... I'd say it was on par. I mean, technically, it's the same interview, isn't it? It is the same interview. It was on par. And and to be honest, I was sort of like, you know, when you ask the audience, they weren't really asking you for your opinion on it. Oh, Oh, it was rhetorical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Remember, we... So, people, what did you think? Did you like it? Junior's awesome, though. I think he's a top dude. Yeah, great guy. And I cannot wait for his new book. Very inspirational. So, like, the new book is going to be on point for exactly what people want. And Mm -hmm. there are so many young people out there who are in, who've come out of uni, gone into that sort of professional job, and are like, Mm -hmm. really? Is this it? And so. Well, what happened with us? It's what happened with us. That's what happened with us. We created a podcast. He wrote a book. A book? A book. (laughs) He wrote a book. Um, and now we uh, under blankets podcast <laughs> living the dream. I feel like I feel like he got it right. We got it wrong somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it right. You got it real. Always right. get it right, mate. Always get it right. But talking getting it right, I mean, a year almost, almost a year of podcasting. Can you freaking believe it? It's bloody good. It is bloody good. It's also bloody hot under here. But it anyway, um, so yeah. So really, I think I just I and and you. Um, me too just wanted to take the opportunity to say a big big thank you yeah for if there's someone who's literally been listening since day one like let us know who you are like let's take you out for a bit because it's nice to know that we have other friends (laughs) 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 yeah this is this is me and Jem socialising yeah this is but the new year there's there's big things coming we've got lots of stuff planned we've already been making our plans and I think it's going to be exciting. I think there's going to be a lot more progression with the podcast. We have the website, more consistency, which we always go on about. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we've got some wicked guests lined up. Junior's puts forward some great names. So yeah, what a great guy! Didn't have to do that. Just keeps giving. So thank you, Junior. He's all give, give, give with you. Oh yeah, that's what we like. Okay, well, remember you can always reach out to me on Twitter, which is gem at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z, or you can email me at gem at powerfulnonsense.com. Or if you'd rather, which, to be honest, I wouldn't blame you if you did, if you'd rather tweet me, you can tweet me at Wayne underscore Ingram, or if you prefer the emails, then you can email me at Wayne at powerfulnonsense.com. I nearly forgot my email address then, did you notice? I nearly gave you my Twitter handle twice. And yeah, if you've got people out there who you think, oh, you guys should definitely interview this guy, or my friend's an entrepreneur and he does this, or anybody you think that we should interview, like send over names to us because it's always easier to get somebody on when it comes through a contact or someone who refers us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and and also, also, you know, New Year's coming. People are all like, New Year, New Me. Bullshit. Send them our way. <laughs> no, no, no. No, let's, no, let's I was just, I was just thinking of this. Um, I saw like a meme on uh, Facebook, you know, like, um, who's the guy, Ricky Gervais, the bald head one? Um, oh. Idiot Abroad. 
Yeah, I know who you're on about. I can't remember his name, though. Yeah, someone just shared a photo and it was like, new year, new me. And the underneath, it's got him just pointing like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though, if people are like, new year, new me, just send them to our back catalogue of episodes. Yeah. And they they might even, they might just genuinely new, new them them. Yeah. Yeah. That thing. Yeah, that. Uh, and also, if you do feel like spending an hour underneath a blanket to record a podcast, That's take it from us. <laughs> it's an interesting experience. Cool. So on that note, have a merry, merry... Uh, we hope you had a lovely Christmas. Oh, yeah, Christmas. That, that, thing, that thing. That thing. That flew by. And um, have a fantastic new year, and we will see you... In 2015. In 2015. <laughs> see you later. Bye. <laughs>